Hello. Good morning, everyone on Wisdom. This is Wanda, host of Salty Coffee Podcast. How's everyone doing today? It is Saturday, October 29th, 2022, and it is 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time, all the way from New York in the Bronx. And I just wanted to stop by to talk a little bit about emptiness and the... I think my um my uh, little title didn't um, go through. Again, I'm still learning wisdom. Um, but coming in, I, g- I guess also I was kind of nervous to talk about this because it's a very emotional moment for me, to say the least. But this is the weird thing. The one that's leaving the nest is my youngest one. And she's 26 years old. She's been the one of my two daughters. Um, well, she'll be 26 next week. It's been a couple of days, a couple of weeks. And <clears throat> she's um she's been pretty uh, to herself, and and she's very self-aware of who she is and what she wanted out of life. And for me to have a daughter who at a very young age already knew what she wanted to do in her life and wanted to be was exciting. (laughs) Um, It made me proud to have a daughter who was strong like that. Um, Growing up in a Latino culture, um, we really weren't allowed to have those thoughts, have like our own dreams or anything like that. We were raised that, you know, you're going to be a wife, you're going to be a mother, and that's your job. But I think, I believe I did an awesome job with my daughters. Um, so the youngest one is leaving. She gave me... The news, um, I didn't think it was going to happen this quickly, <laughs> um, but it did. And I have like these mixed emotions of happiness. And I, I know I'm also in transition of, you know, I guess what we will call menopause. So it's a little bit emotional and I don't know. I have so many mixed feelings about her leaving. So. We're in New York, in the Bronx, and she was uh, she went to kindergarten when during September 11. So, even though my daughters um, were not raised in the technology that this generation is being raised with, like they're not really into social media, they're not really into. Um, the phone like that, like many people, you know, with a smartphone and they have to have it. They're not engaged at all in that type of lifestyle um, as, you know, the the teens and the early 20s are like the ones that are going to college. And I've been working for a university for 32 years. And I'm going to tell you, every year, the group of students that will come in are so different in so many different ways and this post-covid uh young 
the young group, I I could feel the energy of how bad COVID affected our young teens in isolating them and putting them in, in their rooms to study or just pretty much not being able to do social social life and to be out there and, and to meet new people. COVID really affected a lot of the student body um, in so many different ways. And if you have young children and you're about to send them to college, just keep that in mind. Um, keep that in mind that, you know, their mental health um, is very important. Uh, you want to make sure that your children are mentally healthy before they leave your home. So my youngest daughter, who just announced that she's leaving, she was proposed a position at another university. Congratulations to her. I'm so proud of her. Um, she's worked really hard in getting this um, position, but she's excited because she will be leaving New York. And that's uh, traditionally not something <laughs> Latinos do, you know, like separate our family. And I'm thinking, well, she just made it easier for me to find a place to retire. <laughs> um, really? So she will, um, she got a position as a resident hall director at a university in North Carolina. And I am so proud of her because she's heard me talk about work and how students are and the needs, um, the real needs of our students, you know, to feel like they are, you know, taken care of like children, you know, cause this is the thing when it comes to universities, you know, they have these um, like boundaries, like, okay, you're the parent, you're going to pay the bill. That's it. But your child is an adult now and they need to make their own decisions. And when you sign up your children to go to college, that's exactly what you're signing. You're signing a release, sort of like a release form. And you have to pay for that, too. So think about those things, you know, when you have traditions and you have your children, because they will come out of that institution thinking totally different than the way you raised them. Um, so it is so important for within the unit of your household that you really, really um, have conversations with your children about how they're really feeling about things. Is it because it's trending? Is it because their friends are doing it? Is it because they really want something? Like my oldest, um, she just you know, she went to college her first year and that just wasn't something for her. And she said it. And I have to accept that even though I busted my buttocks <laughs> to, you know, save that money for her to, because that was what I felt as a parent is my obligation to, you know, make sure that my daughters have everything they need to have a better life. Right. And what really does that mean? A better life. Sometimes we walk around like, oh, a better life is when you have that good job, when you have the house, when you have, and sometimes it's not. Sometimes I've met students who have more 
and they have everything parents family house car you know they live in a great neighborhood and they are so walking around so sad with with i don't know like their their thoughts are so um i guess robotic if you will they they walk around like they're not really their true self and so that's something that i've observed in the 32 years that i've worked at a university you know i communicate and interact with students who they come to my office and they're like oh my god you know they'll have conversations and not too many of them know how to socialize with a woman of color a woman with an afro and that's sad you know and i'm hoping that you know my daughter going into this position she's able to do that she's able to embrace those kids that are coming from all walks of life international or whatever and she's able to provide um that love you know not just a number not just a, a statistic and not just uh what they would call like a research survey thing you know um i think it's important as parents that from the beginning we have those conversations with them i had a feeling that my oldest one never really was interested in school you know like it just wasn't her thing and so i had to do a lot of different activities to just let her know like i know you feel the way you feel but if you want to succeed at least in this country you're going to have to like at least try do your best and know that i still love you but um it's hard it's hard to co- convince well not convince children but you know why do we do that i i didn't know what i know if i would have known back then what i know now about the united states educational system and how it truly works and how it functions and how this country functions as far as you know economics and stuff like that i may maybe would have done it a little differently when it came to their schooling but you could you could spend thousands of dollars on a private school just because they're going to send your they say it's guarantee right if you're paying top dollars oh this will guarantee that they're going to get accepted to an Ivy League school i don't know about all that i really don't i mean i've seen students that are just admitted because of legacy because they have parents that or grandparents that went to that university or that school so and although they might be they have you know the the resources and the education that's needed to succeed in that type of school I, i'm going to tell you um i don't work in the academic side but i do work in the operational side and i and i see it i see it every year where everybody's excited everybody's you know the parents are excited and then there's that 2% of let's say 7000 
you know, because I work on, I work in the um, um, operational side. There's out of the 7,000, there's that 2% that within the first three weeks of courses, their dean um, already tells them they're not going to make it. So here are the parents, you know, coming back to pick them up and help them move out. And that's, a, to me, that's the saddest thing to see that, to see that you work so hard, including your child, work so hard. And in two weeks, they already determined that you're not going to make it. That's, um, that's so sad. And I have to see that every year. We have international students who come with no clue because the city, again, I'm in New York City. The city is fast paced. You know, there's no, there's no guide. There's no, oh, Google this. And here are the 10 ways that your life will be better at, at this school. That's not how it works. <laughs> you know, you can't really have your parents do everything for you either. The whole, the entire concept of you going into a higher education is for you to learn how to be independent. And, and what does that truly mean? For some, they already know because their parents went through it. But for the parents who never had that, who, who their child is the first child to go into college and succeed and go into their master's and, you know, become doctors, become lawyers, you have no idea how um, important it is to maintain the attachment within the unit because they will get lost. They will get lost. They will feel lonely. They will feel abandoned. <laughs> and, it, and it's not your fault as parents, you know? It really isn't. And again, out of, let's say, the 7,000 that come in each year, there's that other 2% that have special accommodations, you know? And they're not going to tell you how to do things step by step. The reason you got accepted to the university is because they felt that you have the tools already that's needed to succeed. And that's why in two weeks or three weeks of classes, they will tell you, your professors will tell your deans, um, nope, not going to make it out. They're not at that level. And they tell you to take a medical leave. And here you are as a parent having to pay cancellation fees, all those other fees that you, you have to pay it. In some cases, depending on the situation, um, you may get fully refunded. But in private schools, you have to pay the whole semester. So, and depending on the school within a university that you apply or program, you have to make sure that you know what you're signing. You have to look at everything. Everything happens so fast. And they're not going to, there's a whole lot that they're going to tell you about the good things. But there's very few things that they're going to tell you about. Like what I just mentioned. 
where within three weeks, they're going to tell you, hey, um, your kid ain't going to make it. And guess what? They're not going to call you to tell you that. They're going to tell your student. And that's the hardest part. Like, how does, how does a child, 18, 19, some, in many cases, 17, tell their parent, hey, my dean just sent me this letter. Like how, you know how hard that is for a child, a student? Because again, people say, oh, they're adults now. They're on their own. And, you know, yeah, but they're still our kids and they're babies. And that's just my opinion. <laughs> that's not facts. And let me tell you, a lot of other international students, they take that adult thing seriously. We've had 16-year-olds who are admitted and they're like, <laughs> I'm here. We're like, where's your parent? You know, if you're underage, your parent has to come in with you. Or you have to have like a designated um sponsor or someone it has to be an adult you can't just come in at 16 like oh i'm here and in many other countries they're like what is wrong with the united states like what <laughs> i was an adult at 13 what are they talking about <laughs> but that's that's the sad part that you know percentage of students who are told you're not gonna make it you need to take a, a leave of absence in many cases, they'll note it as a medical leave, and you have to take a, a leave of absence, and then, you know, so keep that in mind for those of you who are listening and have children or young children. Start your research now and and dig, 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 because the website of the university is never going to tell you those statistics, and if they do... In many cases, um, they can finagle it. They can, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. The university that I work for was caught um, with their statistics and numbers that were incorrect. And so from the top 10, they lost that top 10 list of places that students really wanted to go. And that's money for them. That's money that they, they're going to lose within grants. That's money that... So here's another thing. And I know I'm supposed to be talking about my daughter leaving home. Um, you, may, you may think, well, if you work there, your child should have been going there for free, right? That's not necessarily true in many cases. So even though I'm even able to attend that school, it's very difficult. They make it very difficult. There's, a, I guess, a formula that they have that um, suggests uh, these are the things that this person is going to do for us that will make us look great. And therefore, they're going to get accepted to this school. Um, and that's... um. Uh, really, and even the, the people that I work with that actually attended and got their master's, I'm like, really? How did, what? <laughs> um, but that just says, you know, about the person themselves. And, you know, sometimes I feel like I don't know anything. And they look at me like, oh, you know, a little too much, <laughs> which is fine because I look outside of the the cookie cutter program right 
So I think for me, my daughter, the youngest one who's leaving now, although she did not go to the school that I work for, she never really wanted to go there. She told me from the beginning, because I was like, look, you're going to get this amount of credits for free. Take at least one or two courses, do something, <laughs> uh, you know, for me to take advantage of the benefits if I have them. Right. And she's like, mom, this is what I want to do for as an adult in my future. And they don't have that available there. So I'm sorry to break it to you, mom, but that's not what I want to do. And I worked with my union to get scholarships, you know, for her, for her to attend the school that she really wanted to go to. Let me tell you, she worked really, really hard to earn and get what she wanted, but I had to let her do it herself. I I really didn't. I'm proud of myself that I didn't get engaged or that I wasn't like on it. Like, no, you got to do this. And well, you have to do that. And I didn't say a word. All I did was sign, ask her, are you going to be okay? She said, yes. And then she moved on. She moved on with, you know, what she felt she needed to do for herself. And then after she graduated, which I was, I was like, Oh my God, you know, she's really, um, not the first on her father's side, but pretty much the first on my side of the family, um, the immediate unit to go to college. You know, I mean, I went to college while as an adult, but I mean, like literally following, um, she's the first one. And not only is she the first one in the family, she's the first one on my side, my mother's side, maternal side. Um, the, she will be the first one to work at a university as a resident hall director psychiatrist. So I'm so proud of her. And I know um, when she told me that the main director of her university that she's working at is an African-American woman, I was so proud. And that she told me the conversation they had, and I, I was extremely happy um, because I feel that my daughter's going to be great with students. I know she is. She's going to be amazing. And she is amazing. She's, she's given me, oof, man, she took psychiatry and she, she let me have it a couple of times. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> wait, who's a parent here? But, um, I appreciate her honesty and I've always appreciate, um, her way of telling me like it is without, um, hurting me, you know, hurting, you know, she never, she's always, um, said that I've been a good mom, you know, so, but she understands why I am the way that I am. And that's to me is more important than, you know, you're just the mom, you know, she understands why I think the way I think, and she understands why I was so hard on them, um, for, for a long time. And I'm not saying goodbye. It's just um, an emotional week for me because she just came up with this uh, announcement and was like, yeah, I'll leave in three weeks. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> oh, my God. So she actually left today. She moved, but she'll be back tomorrow. And then um, she will be leaving for good to start work 
um, mid-November, which is around her birthday. So it's going to be a little bittersweet <laughs> for me. Um, but I do want to sit down with you guys to tell you that um, this is my first. Um, I always thought that it's important for us to have conversations with our children about how we um, like talk about the leaving part. So this is what's hard for me. Like I've always said, Oh my God, I can't wait for you guys to leave and be independent, go out there, do what you got to do. But with this generation, they can't really do it like the way we did it when we were younger. Everything is expensive. Work is very difficult, like real pain living wage, even with a master's degree. It's very hard to obtain and you really have to work hard to get it. Um, Although this generation, they found many ways of getting it done and making money and earning a, a living wage that surpasses what we've worked hard for 30 years and they get it in like, you know, two months. <laughs> so I'm very proud of this generation that they're not doing it like we did it per se. There, I, I listen to young um, podcasters, and they got it. They got their shit going on, you know. And I'm proud of them. I am really proud of those who go for it, who are not stuck in traditions, and you got to have a job and you got to work, and that's fine. And there's nothing wrong with doing it the traditional way either because you still need workers, right? Like if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you're going to be hiring people. And that's the important part to, to look at it. Like you're, you are going to be the employer who's going to hire these people and you're going to need, you're going to need those people, right? Not everybody can be an entrepreneur. So like my youngest, um, my oldest, you know, she's, going to be the worker and um from the labor force you know she's i love her because she is so um so free and she's just like no i have to do what i have to do and even if i have to do it like you did it that's how i'm gonna do it and she doesn't think too ifs or buts about it she just does it um and i appreciate that and uh, you know she's gonna be dirty and she loves what she does. And she's, I mean, she, her and I get along very well because we're so much alike. You know, she told me the other day, the oldest, like, no, you know, it's good that, you know, the youngest is leaving because, you know, then this will give me the opportunity to be obligated to take care of you. And when she said that, I looked at her like, what, what are you talking about? So traditionally in the Dominican culture, the oldest one is the one that takes care of the parent, right? The maternal parent or paternal. And I was like, where did you get that from? Like, are you crazy? She's like, well, no, we're not putting you in a nursing home. We're not doing that. And I'm like, we, who's we? <laughs> but um, I thought it was amazing that she said that because that's not something that I am expecting. And I told her that I was like, I'm really not expecting you to do that, but I appreciate it. And I love that you think that way 
but you really don't have to like take it. She goes, no, no, no. Don't convince me. <laughs> I, I will be taking care of you when you get older. And that's going to be my job, whether we do it together, living together. So she's, you know, looking at that in that way. And I told her, I said, you know, I'm retiring soon. I'm young. So if you're planning on having children, I would love to take care of your children, you know, and homeschool them and and do things with them that you're not probably going to have the ability to do. Because I think culturally, that's how they were raised. You know, they were, um, while I was at work and their father was at work, you know, I had the opportunity and and the advantage of having their grandparents take care of them when they were babies. And man, I appreciate that so much because you can't trust anyone. And and childcare is so expensive these days, you know, and it's no wonder nobody wants to have children of this generation because they're like, no, we got to wait. And I'm looking at them like, what are you waiting for? Um, but it's to each his own, you know, decisions of what, how they want their family unit to grow. But I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to also taking the opportunity that now that my youngest has, is moving, that I can look into maybe that state, um, because it's tax-free for retirees, so that's a plus. Um, So I'm looking into that. So if any of you who are listening and you know of a podcaster here who does retirement or does finances, please feel free to text me or message me their names or how to follow them, because um, that's my journey now. My journey is I will be retiring from the place that I've been working for for 32 years in two and a half years, 2025. Let's just say that. And I just want like other people's experiences and I'm still new to wisdom and I'm getting to know some people and I will be um, doing sort of kind of like a open, you know, guess so that people can introduce themselves Um because sometimes it's very difficult to identify who's on and when, unless I'm following them. So I'm not sure how that works. Um, in other words, in some other platforms, you can set up the your talk. In this one, you can't. Like you, you just do the talk and you talk away. Um, but if there was a way for me to set like a calendar, you know, where you could see, oh. Salty Coffee is going to be on at 2 p.m. this day or every day on Saturday or whatever. That would be awesome um, for you to know and get a notification as opposed to just getting a notification when I'm on. (laughs) Um, And I'm not saying that this uh, wisdom doesn't work um, the way it should, but I, I, I would hope that, you know, because sometimes that helps me to schedule you know, not on a ex- exterior, ca- like an extended calendar, like on this calendar for wisdom. On this day, at this time, I will be on to let you guys know that, oh, yeah, she's going to be on next week on Wednesday, and I don't want to miss it. 
Um, I know some of my talks are more personal, but it's my personal experience. And I think going back into sending your children to college, you know, think about that. Think about, you know, I'm sending them because I've spoken to parents um, and after they speak with me, they feel a little bit more comfortable, you know, not especially when they're from the West Coast. I, I tell them, I said, you know, you have to think about, especially post-COVID, you have to think of life like everything is subject to change. And that's how life is, if you really think about it. No matter what you plan, everything is. So we were planning on moving our own separate ways in 2020. And then COVID happened. They lost their jobs. I was fortunate enough not to lose it, so they were able to stay with me, but we were all planning to just, you know, go. And with COVID, you know, that delayed everything. And um, I, I guess things happened for a reason and it happened, you know, smoothly for us. But I know for a fact that it was not smooth for a lot of people. If you had young children, I don't know. I don't even know how parents did it when they had their kids, you know, schooling from home they had to buy equipment headsets cameras laptops and then to know that 85 percent of new york kids didn't even have a computer at home was so sad to me how are you spending or saying you're spending all this money on education and 85 percent of children did not have a computer at home or didn't have internet and now all of a sudden you're providing it for free. Like you should have been thinking about this stuff from before. And, and again, I don't know what's coming up, but I live since September 11th, to be honest with you, I've lived my life with everything is subject to change. Seriously. And that's how we have to move forward with a positive mind with it. But Everything is subject to change, and you should be ready for it. You should be ready for it. Um, I was ready when my mom passed away my first year of college. I was 19. It wasn't expected. So I think that's why I'm so hard on myself, you know, to make sure that I am not homeless, to make sure that I do have a job, to make sure that I am investing um, my money so that I can retire comfortably and do what I really want to do moving forward. But um, going back to the emptiness now. <laughs> oh, please help me because I honestly, um, it's again, a bittersweet situation where I'm like, okay, you know, this is a good thing. She's leaving. But now that it's happening, I'm like, wow, you know, she's good with the dog. She's, you know, always bringing me a coffee or, or a dish from that someone from her job here in, in New York gave her, she's like, she shares a lot of her um, thoughts and her friends. Her friends love me. You know, when she graduated, um, she invited all of her friends and we had like the whole row 
And her father just like looked like, okay, <laughs> what's going on here? Because all her friends, you know, I used to send them um, pasteles, which is a dish that she loves to death. It's a dish that we traditionally um, make in during the holidays and her birthday, of course, is around Thanksgiving. So I ordered them, you know, in dozens and she would take it to her school and her, you know, of course, some students are like, or friends are like, wait, what, what is that? Oh, this is different. And I, I did, my last talk here was about travel and food and how important it is for us to continue the traditions of our culture and country about the foods we eat, you know, the dishes that we make, um, especially during the holidays. Um, there's nothing more beautiful to see your children enjoy your grandparents' dishes, you know, or, or your parents' dishes. It's just, I think it's amazing. But um, if you're sending your children to college soon, like let's say next year, go visit the campus. Visit the campus at least one time before you make that decision. Ask questions. You know who's the best person to ask questions to? Which in some cases they're told not to talk to people and stuff like that. The public safety officers, the um, custodial services people, the buildings and grounds, you know, um, or just someone who, like me, may look like I don't work there because, you know, I come to work comfortable because I'm there to work. Um, I don't come in a suit or anything like that, which I could, but I don't. And ask questions, ask people, you know, and in many cases, if it's a private school, they're not going to let you in the buildings unless you make an appointment and so that's that's a good thing to know, right? That they don't let you in unless you have permission to come in. Um, but, you know, they let you in, you know, ask the, the guard or whoever, oh, so how does the security system work here? Like, how does that work? You know, we should all know that public safety officers are there to deter Um to deter, um, sorry, I had like this music here, not in, to music, but um, they're not really there to stop crime or, you know, and there's cameras everywhere. We know there's cameras, but I was working till midnight last night and, you know, the kids are all out with their costumes already in and out, in and out the dorms and I don't know what was going on because <laughs> I don't ask questions and I'm not usually there in the evenings, but when I am, you know, I do see uh, the students that stay studying and they know, and they take it very serious. But I also know that it's okay to have fun and it's okay to be a young, fun person as long as you do it responsibly. So I know you know, what is taught in the home of, you know, what's right or wrong. Um, but there's a lot of friends and other student, you know, body and other students who can influence your child to do something that they may not want to do. And we need to have that conversation with them about, you know, 
it's okay to say no. You have the right to say, no, I'm not going to do that. And, you know, it's okay to tell someone else if something, you know, you feel that they're doing is not right. Um, you know, they, they get so caught up in the trying to be nice and, and I have to be liked and I don't want to be the party pooper and I don't, and I can see it, you know, I could see, you know, the, the clusters of student different types, you know, you have the, the ones that like to party and then the ones that like to study, <laughs> like the, they call them the geeks, I guess, you know, the geeks and there's like little clusters, you know, and the purpose of you entering a, a university like that is not for you to be divided. It's for you to actually engage and be inclusive and, and know that not everybody celebrates holidays that you celebrate. Not everybody in, is into Halloween and the way that you are because that's your culture, you know? And, and it's good. It's so beautiful when you see each group doing their thing, but they're doing it on their own. Like, I, I think that's not cool. <laughs> um, I, I think universities can do a better job to, um, again, they're not there to teach people about these cultures, but I think it's important that they, they do bring it up and, and say, which are the safety measures of you doing trick or treating or whatever, because it, it looks, you know, it was, it was interesting <laughs> to say the least. You know, I think we all want to be somebody that we're not for that one day, you know, and I, that's how I look at Halloween. Like, we just want to be that one person that we always wanted to be for that one day. Someone different. There's nothing wrong with that. But in reality, are we who we are while we're walking in our normal clothes and, and without the mask? Because there are people that walk around with a mask all the time. Um... And they're not who they are. And I think that's another beautiful thing about seeing students who just, just, they admit who they are. Like, it just comes out of them, out of their pores. Like, this is who I am. And you like it or you don't like it. And that's fine. As long as they're respectful of you and who you are, you know. But emptiness is uh, a thing. Um that again, I was not ready for. Um, I'm having a, not a nervous breakdown, but I'm having like a little breakdown. So bear with me if I start crying. <laughs> um, but no, I won't cry. I think I'm just, it would be tears of joy for sure. Um, because she's headed to great things and um, you know, she tells me sometimes, Hey, I heard that episode on this and, you know, she critiques my episodes and I really appreciate that, that, you know, she even, she even tells me, you haven't interviewed me. When are you interviewing me? I'm like, interview you like, what, <laughs> what are you talking about? And then I said, so come on, let's go. And she's like, well, I need an invite just like you do everybody else. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> okay. So I think that's interesting, you know, and that's what I love about her. You know, she tells it like it is and she has every right to, you know, she's an adult now. 
Um, but I'm excited. I did a little emptiness syndrome um, on Spotify playlist. It's called emptiness syndrome and you can find it on salty coffee. And it's just some music that if um, you're not with your children anymore, um, feel free to leave me a message and tell me, you know, what groups or if there is a group, because I don't really know everyone here on Wisdom and I, I don't, I haven't heard um, anyone with adult children come in and talk about that, I guess. Um, I would be very interested in having a talk about that. Um, my website is available here, www.saltycoffeepodcast.com. Feel free to reach out to me. I'm everywhere. My phone number is available on my website as well. But I think it's going to be, I'm going to be fine. Um, but as far as a person who's worked at a university for 32 years, I've seen it all, the good and the bad. And I'm telling you, if your children are hesitant or like you feel like they're not interested in something, have that conversation. If you need to have someone else talk to them, like a an auntie or uncle or the godparent or just someone else, um, have them do that so that they can feel comfortable with somebody who's not their parent, where they don't feel comfortable telling them everything. Because some students don't. Some students don't talk to their parents. And from experience, I know that I've seen parents who call um, the offices looking for answers, and that's not how it works. This isn't how it works. You need to contact, unless it's an administrative issue, like your billing or something like that, where you trying to get the discrepancy fixed or something like that, fine. But if it's about their grades and about their conditions of where they're living, uh, you should not be calling. <laughs> and I'm going to be very honest about that. Like, these are the things that parents have to look into before they sign the dotted line to have their child go into a college to live in a dorm or anything. You have to do your due diligence in making sure that the student <laughs> is doing what they want. I'll give you another example. There's been students who really want to go to Columbia and their parents don't. And they will find every excuse to that student to say, hey, look, look what I found. Look, here's this. Here. And the students are like, listen, just anyone who calls on my behalf, block them. No one should be getting my information at all. And that's happened because many times there are parents who are not together and one is the one parent is the one paying for the tuition and the other parent it's you know just the parent the legal guardian per se or joint cuz whatever and we we should not be witnessing this episode <laughs> like we as administrators we should not be witnessing 
that there's a discrepancy within the, because that just creates more stress to the student. And if you saw the bill, you would be stressed out too. And you would be like, you're going to pass those classes. You're going to do what you're supposed to do. And again, it's very stressful because some students really don't get it. And a lot of students really need help. And to be honest with you, it's really about money. It's not about, you know, oh, um, let's say Jose, just give an example. Jose comes from a very humble family and, you know, we want the best for him and we want to make sure that he, we can show the world that look where Jose came from and here he is. He discovered how to make the sky green instead of blue. <laughs> um, Jose is no longer talking to his family. Jose is no longer engaging with his family. Jose is no because his thoughts and his mental health was to make sure that he fulfills this because his parents worked their butts off to get him where he's at so that he can take his family out of the, that's a lot of stress. That's a lot of stress. And that's a lot of um, pushing. And, and some students do it. Some students are successful at taking their families out of, you know, well, some of us call the hood, you know, or poor living conditions, you know, and some of them are very successful in doing that. And they're very successful in still maintaining the family unit in still fulfilling those traditions and in their culture, you know, but, um, some, they change, they change and they get greedy and it just becomes a chaotic thing for their family structure. So I know I spoke to a student in another platform from the Congos and I asked him, Hey, you know, how does it work? Like what, how are you in, in Texas in a university in Texas? And he, he's from the Congos and he said, you know, as soon as they turn 10 years old in their country, they, um, their family starts saving money from day one to put them in a lottery by the time they're 16. So I think, if I recall, he said there's, it, it costs like $1,000 just to get into the lottery. Like just to get into the lottery for you to get a visa, a student visa to attend a college here. And that I, I don't think he told me like the whole, like how the process works. Cause I, I think in the beginning is really his parents and then he just knows what he knows. But um, our federal grants goes into this <laughs> recruiting thing. Um, so, you know, sometimes we're like, oh, how is it that these international students get, you know, grants and federal grants and to go to college where our students can't do it? Their parents are paying. So is the government really double dipping? I don't know. Um, if you have more information about how that works, I would love to know. 
how that works. But this dude in particular, um, the conversation wasn't more about the funding of the schools, but the emotional part, which he thought about it after I asked him the question. So he's from the Congos. He's in Texas for two years. This is before COVID and everything. Um, and this was a conversation that we had through another app. Um, and he said, you know, that his parents had to work hard. And then it's a thousand dollars just to get into the lottery, just to be listed on the lottery. So it's not like after they roll the, the thing with the names that you're actually guaranteed to get picked. And I don't know how that works. Like, is it computer generated? Is it like a real thing and they put the name in it and they show it on a video? I don't think so. So I asked, I was like, how do you know you were picked? Like, how does that work? Like, do they show you videotape? And he's like, no, I just happened to be picked. And I was like, really? So your parents from the Congo busted their hard work to get this $1,000. And I don't really know if that was the amount, but it was a high amount when he said it. Cause I was like, wow just to get into the lottery. Like, that's amazing to me. And, and like, I was like, wow, <laughs> the, the need to learn something from another country. And, and I'll get to that part, but yeah. So just again, so he's in the lottery and now he gets grants because the work that he was doing as a student paid for, like he got a grant through a department, I guess it was a chemistry department or something where he knew how to build, I think it was electricity or something. I'm not sure what it was that was cost effective. You know, like he can bring this water cleaning water system. It, it was, it had to do something to do with that. So their parents pay. So you know, he was cooking at the time that we were having this conversation. And then I said, so what are you cooking? And he's like, oh, he's, he mentioned the name of the dish. And I was like, oh my God, that sounds very non-Texas. <laughs> like, um, and he's like, yeah, I wish I could have a burger right now. And I was disgusted. I was like, oh God, really? <laughs> you're, you're telling me you're cooking this traditional dish from the Congos and here you are wanting a burger. <laughs> But anyway, um, I think everything new is exciting for for students who come from another country. Um, so that was fine. You know, I was like, okay. So he's, you know, urging for a burger and not, you know, his traditional food. But here's the kicker. So I asked him, okay, so you've been in this school for two years. You have two more years to go. When you first came to Texas, how often did you speak to your family? And he's like, oh, almost every day, like almost every hour. And I said, oh, that's interesting. Um, that's very interesting that you did that. Um, so two years later, how often, like, have you spoken to them? Because you're here on this platform and you're cooking by yourself. And that just sounds not like you <laughs> uh, for a person, you know, that uses talk to their parents you know every day almost every hour and he was silent for like a good maybe 30 40 seconds and I'm like hello hello <laughs> he's like 
almost, I can tell that he was almost crying because I guess no one ever asked him about that. Or I guess his parents were like, you don't call me anymore. But he did say this. He said, unfortunately, I feel like I only have time to call them once a week. And then he thought about it more. He goes, well, actually, the last time I spoke to them was last month. And I felt so bad because I'm like, here's a kid from the Congo who his parents busted their hard earned, you know, ways of working to, to make this money to have him come to another country to learn the theories and ideals and on what the founding fathers of the United States has to offer. And then I asked him, so you spoke to them last month and how did that conversation go? Oh, it was very quick. And I was like, and why? So after you graduate, what are you doing? Like, are you going back to the Congo and bringing the, the, your idea that you're working on this, lab like what's the end goal here and he didn't have an answer he didn't have an answer and I think mostly it's because his parents probably didn't have that conversation with him um, because I guess they feel that after he's completed like he's an adult and he can do whatever right or they probably did talk to him about it and he was not happy. Like he just wanted to leave the Congos, but who knows? I don't know. Um, I can't really remember the conversation, but I thought it, it hurt me to hear that the United States is recruiting students from beautiful places, natural resource places to come to this country and learn how to eat burgers and fries as the cuisine of the United States and have you sort of kind of like detached from your family and your culture. Um, and, and again, it could have just been him. I'm sure there's other students who come from different countries within Africa where they bring in their culture and they show, you know, like they embrace it because that happens here in New York. Like we have all kinds of festivals of all over the world and we embrace people to bring their culture to us a hundred percent. That's what we do here in New York. Um, I don't know if that happens in Texas, but that definitely happens in New York. And the university that I work for, I mean, you see the Indian weddings, you see the the Asian, uh, the Chinese New Year with the dragon. Like we see all of that. We see the indigenous um, come in from upstate New York. And they come down and they teach us about their traditions, their culture, how we have even the Amish come in to campus and teach us what it is that they do and sell the, well, I don't think they sell their products, but it's a interchangeable thing with the university and how that works. I don't know, but they bring their natural milk and their natural soap, everything that they make that's natural. 
Um, and that's the one thing that I love about New York that I'm probably going to miss once I leave. Um, that it's just so open to everything. And I think that's why a lot of people and students love to come here because yeah, you have your crime and you have your nasty subways and you have, you know, all kinds of craziness happening, but you turn around and there's boom, a parade, Dominican day parade, the Puerto Rican parade, the Irish parade, the Italian parade, the Italian festival, the, the Caribbean festival. Like we have it all. And that's because New York embraces all kinds of immigrants and people from all over the world. Um, and I love that. I love the diversity in the city and I wouldn't change it for anything. I mean, I learned more about my culture here in the United States um, within my community than I believe I would have learned at the Dominican Republic, to be honest with you, because um, what's taught over there is more of the Eurocentric um, academics. So, um, okay. How do I change my settings to have people come up? Because I thought, this is weird. I thought I did it for 10, 15 minutes. But um, if anybody can help me with that, I would greatly appreciate it. Yeah, I don't think I can change it now. But what I will do is I'm going to end this talk here about my youngest leaving the nest <laughs> um, and a little bit about the university culture. Um, I'm going to wrap it up. And I usually give an assignment for the listeners um, before I leave. And the assignment for you is if you have a grandchild, a godson, goddaughter, godchild, a neighbor who you are close with, who is going to college, or anyone you know, including yourself as an adult or an 18-year-old who's listening, your assignment is if you're going to do it, make sure you do your research. Do not wait until they're in their junior year of high school to do your research. Start the research when they're five. Start, I'm seriously, start the research when they're five years old. Have the conversations with them of what that means to you of them going to college and within their grammar school and junior high school and high school, or if you're homeschooling, teach to have the conversation with them. If that's something that they really want to do, you know, because it is very expensive. And I think we want the best for our children if we're not familiar with the higher education and how that system works. Um, you know, don't just follow what the schools are doing. Oh, okay, parent teachers night. Okay, yeah, we're going to. And I'm sure some schools don't do it that way. Some schools, they already know because, you know, their parents went to college and that's just the, the culture within that community. 
and and it's amazing how there's some high schools that it's like the one high school in that in that whole community so everybody knows each other and they all want to live together and i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna give you a good advice about that you know if you're listening and you're a student or you're a parent who has a student who has a friend and you're all thinking you're going to go to college and, and it's going to be all hunky dory and your children meet new students. And, and then that friendship kind of like clashes. I've seen this and I've observed it and it's not funny to me, but there's students who, oh, and I want to live with so-and-so, and I want to live with so-and-so. And who's this roommate I'm getting? And why do I, I want a single, and I want to be by myself, and I don't, in many cases, you don't have that choice. You don't have the choice of who you're living with. And if you do have a friend, I'm telling you right now, if you all know each other from the community, culture, the the county or whatever you went to in your high school, everything is subject to change. That student or your friend may say, hey, my parents are not able to do this. We're not able to go to this school. I'm out. So now you're stuck with your son or daughter crying because their friend is not coming to the school. So don't depend on like, all of that other stuff. It's not about anybody else. It's about you. And the best suggestion and recommendation that I have in the 32 years, have your student get to know someone new. The whole point of you going to a university that requires you to live and dorm, at least your first year, is for you to really get to know people. Oh, I saw in the social media and I saw this. And why are you even doing that? Why are you judging somebody based on what's on their social media? Don't do that. And you as a parent, you shouldn't even be involved at all into that process. Because the whole point of you sending your child out is so that they can think outside of the box. And they can think independently for themselves and have the tools that they're going to need to be successful in that university, which is I'm myself. This is who I am. And this little issue right here, I'm going to resolve it myself. Stop trying to resolve your children's issues when they're in college. That just doesn't work. And administrators, they can't stand it when the parents are involved, grandparents, aunts, whatever. Again, unless it's an administrative issue, like a bill payment or something that you have a question, you know, it's okay to do that. Just come in asking questions, but demanding that we fix something that the student themselves hasn't reached out to us to tell us is unacceptable. And I know you're saying, well, I'm paying the bill and well, guess what? <laughs> you signed, Right. You sign, you're literally signing your children away. And you will be responsible for paying that bill at the end of the day. And if your child doesn't do good or well, and it's told to go back, you're still responsible. You're going to be mad. But don't be mad at us because you didn't do your research. Well, not us. Don't be mad at the institution because I don't make those rules. 
I'm just there to provide you with as much information as I can. But at the end of the day, we need to teach our children to handle. You know how many students come to us and call us? Hey, you know, my toilet is clogged. And I'm like, okay, where do you live? Silence. <laughs> That's not good. That is not good. Your students should be aware of their location 100% of the time. Not you. They should be aware of their location. There's a building that um, has like a street address, you know, like a building and the, and the street address. And they call that building based on the restaurant that's in that corner. Uh, n hello? <laughs> that's not the name. So if your child or student had to call 911 for whatever, or for, sometimes they don't even know how to do that. And that's, that's not good. <laughs> that is not good where your child is in trouble and they don't know what to do because they're so used to you doing everything for them. And that's happened to me too, you know, but, you know, it was only because the person was panicking and scared. And you can flatter yourself that your child thought about you from the beginning, but in reality, 911 is the place to call in case of an emergency. And that is life emergency. Having a mouse or a roach in your room is not an emergency. That's another thing we need to teach our children. <laughs> What's considered an emergency. You know, because the real stuff, when the real stuff does happen, which is, which can be something that's not, you know, visible, like emotion, is more emotional. As to, oh man, now my parent has to pay this bill and I want to do, and I want to take this lab and, they just don't have the money and I'm going to have to work and how I'm going to put in those hours to work, to make that money, to go to this lab. Oh, and I have 10 finals, you know, it can get very stressful. So if you're going to send your children to college, have it where you're, you're having the conversation. Are you able to do this? Are you able to, um, handle this you know and that would be it but I was gonna leave and come back um, maybe I'll come back later on at maybe 3 or 4 p.m. where you can introduce yourself um, and I, I'm gonna try to figure this out but if you're listening still please send me a message on how to because I have here that says ask a guest but I'm clicking on stuff and nothing's happening but I think I need to not press okay when I do the talk. <laughs> but anyway, thank you so much for listening um, to my r random rant of my youngest when leaving the nest. Um, and I'm just sharing these thoughts with you, both as a parent um, and as a person who works for a university. Um, I really, truly appreciate for those of you who have stopped by, um, Graciela Moore, Jeannie, Andrew, Stacy, Ralph, Corey, Jean, Eric, Kristen, Adam, Deidre, Philip, Solomon, Cher Sherry, Jermaine, Tao, Regina, Shannon, Darlene, 
Um, I love your talks, Darlene. Your talks are so like meditative for me. Um, Cecilia, Matthew, Gabriella, Helen, um, Jabari, Jade, Carletta, Amy, Marcy, uh, Michael, Angela, Douglas, Theo, Chef, James, um, Keith, Nancy, and Taryn. Thank you so much all for stopping by. I appreciate um, if you stayed longer to listen. Um, if you have any questions about college, um, Ivy League schools, or, you know, the dormitory part of it and operations, feel free to ask me, um, send me a message, and I will gra gladly um, respond. Um, it has been a rough 32 years. It's been a rough 26 years for me and my youngest daughter, but we're, um, we're cool people. We're hanging in there, and um, I'm so proud of her and all the children and college-age students who make it happen for themselves, uh, first and foremost, than their families. Like, really, it's very important. And that says a lot about the parent, the parenting that you provided to your student if they're able to be independent and do what they have to do for themselves and not just for the family, right? So your assignment today is <laughs> have a conversation with whoever. It, it doesn't even have to be someone, you know, your, your child or your student. It could be anyone that you know in your neighborhood, in your church, in your community, in, in wherever you're at. If you know someone who's going to college and Ask them, like, how, what's the process? How does this work? Are you sure you're asking the right questions? What's what's this financial aid and how does that work? In New York State, tuition is free, but you have to apply on time. And you have to make sure that you know who you're talking to, not just following the school's, you know, guidelines. When you are a junior in high school, don't wait till you're junior in high school do it as soon as their first year because there are programs within other universities that can help your student go in the transitioning from their junior year into college. They're already giving you the courses. And I'm talking about for those who are very low income communities where these colleges come in and they're like, Oh, this is the only college you can get into because this is going to be your reading score, blah, blah, blah. You know, things like that, that annoys me. You don't have to spend money, additional money, on going into a community college when your when your school is very clear, clearly knows that your child is not ready for it. You know, so think of those things, do those research for your neighbor, for a god child, or whoever, um, to make sure that they understand the process and to make sure that they're not obligated to do it, one, and ask them, what is it really that you want to do? Whatever it is, support them, but let them know that they're alternatives and let them know that they're open to a wide range of things. Um, the labor movement has changed so dramatically from 32 years ago to now that th there's so much that they can do um, and, and it's difficult because, um, you know, not everything 
has a living wage attached to it. <laughs> um, and a lot of things you do have to pay to get the academics or the teachings to do it. So again, thank you so much. And I'll talk to you soon.